0: But if you're in a position where you can do whatever you want, uh, that's like the best thing to be. Just do a little bit of this, a little bit of this, whatever happens to interest you.
1: Everything.
2: But other things that are unique is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode 36, airing Sunday, September 25th, 2022. I'm blind and I'm hosting this episode. And I'm joined by... Uh, our lovely man from the north, Belenair, how are you doing today?
0: Hey, hey. doing good, doing good. Will Fard, may I be playing too much tomorrow? <laughs> in the
2: night? <laughs> <laughs> and 2D uh, Kiri is also here. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm great, thank you.
2: You know, we, we, we re-enter this this world of podcasting, and I'm sitting here going, in uh, the less than 12 hours, I will be fully packed for a overnight backpacking trip. So I'm just sitting here kind of jumping up and down in anticipation going, please don't rain, please don't rain, please don't rain. Oh, mm, yeah.
1: is it forecast?
2: Uh, it's supposed to rain today, and uh, it's like tomorrow is supposed to be low, light cloud cover with a chance of showers, which means we might get rain in the first half of the hike, but we should be above the cloud line within uh, not too long. So it shouldn't, shouldn't be too, too bad, but fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Fingers crossed. It yeah. It's supposed to just... It's supposed to disperse by day two.
0: What are you going at this time?
2: I'm going up a a mountain called Golden Ears, um, which is actually, it's like a a two-pointed peak, which is kind of a a neat mountain for me because number one, my dad's never made it to the top and he's coming with us. Um, But it's it's a mountain that I've climbed many, 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 many times because it, it was like the close by mountain when I was growing up. And, you know, like, when, when kids are little and you have kids with a lot of energy, one of the better things to do is take them to a place where they can go on a hike and run them up a mountain. Um, so my, my parents would, <laughs> like, take us there maybe, like, twice a year. We, we'd never make it up. We'd, you know, do, like, the first six or seven kilometers and then go back. Um, but it, it's, like, it's a 22-kilometer round trip. So it's not too bad, but the problem is, is it gets, like, borderline vertical at points. Um, so we're... Hiking up the first half, which is uh, goes up to a place called Alder Flats, um, and we're going to set up our gear and stuff there, and leave all the heavy stuff, and then unpack day packs, and then we're going to do the rest of the hike to the peak and back on the first day, and then camp at the campsite, which is pretty close to the bottom. It's like all right, it's about six and a half kilometers up, so you're majority of the way through the hike already by the time you get to the campsite, but also like the hard bit is yet to come. So, but we'll we'll, we'll be camping up there overnight and hopefully we get to see a view at the top because the view is pretty spectacular. There's uh, a small glacier up there that never goes away. Um, it's like, because it's like these two peaks that kind of go in like this two-pronged thing. There's areas that are always in shade. So it, it's it's cool up there. That
1: sounds really fun.
2: Yeah, I'm a little jelly. I would love to go as well. Can I
1: request pictures?
2: Uh, there will be pictures on my Twitter, most likely.
1: Perfect. Thank you.
2: Uh, assuming we're not I'll stuck in mountains. a cloud, then there will just be pictures of cloud, but, you know.
1: I take that too.
0: Yeah, if only we had some mountains. <laughs> we are very flat. I get so lost without mountains. Oh, really? Yeah, Finland is very flat. Uh, the only oh, I didn't know. Only like even a little bit for what we would call mountain. It's not really a mountain even. It's in the very north part okay. of Finland. When when we uh, turned hundred years, uh, Norway was actually gonna give us a mountain top because they have many and we have none. <laughs> But then, then their law uh, didn't allow it, so we didn't get the mountain top.
1: How would they do that? Just uh, change the border? Yeah,
0: basically. Uh, okay. The um, That mountain is basically, uh, the other side of it starts in Finland, but the top is on the Norwegian side. So they would have I just see. moved the border like a tiny bit to the side. <laughs> uh, but the Norwegian so... constitution doesn't allow uh, ceding territory. The
1: gifting of mountains. Yeah,
0: basically, they, they can't keep territory. <laughs> okay. That was a nice okay. gesture, at least.
2: Fin- yeah, Finland is mostly like marshlands and like permafrost areas. Yeah, swamp
0: basically. The whole country is just forest and swamps, and rivers and lakes.
2: It's really good for
0: sinking your enemies, though. Yeah, and actually, it's it's bad. Just buried in the ground because it gets destroyed really quickly. That body. If you put it in a swamp, you might find it several hundred years later.
2: It's gonna be some interesting archaeology there. Soon. Yes,
1: things things to know about Finland. Yeah
0: the ground in here has uh, very high iron con- <laughs> concentration so um, I mean we are metal even in the ground um, but that makes the ground super acidic so anything organic like just gets disintegrated in like 20 years
2: oh wow that's terrifying <laughs> what things to know about Finland the bodies are in the swamp yeah yeah it's just like Louisiana except they the the bodies decompose quickly there because of crocodiles.
0: Yeah. You get the like a an Arabic environment in the swamp so the uh bodies don't decay in there and nothing eats them.
2: All right, Rockstar, uh, I I know that like it's been leaked that you're working on a new uh like Vice City Grand Theft Auto, but can we get one in Finland, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can even include like uh, my summer car into it. Uh.
2: Yeah, that, that that's my summer car guy could make a, an appearance. It yeah. would <laughs> be a very popular Easter egg. Ten people would know why there's a crazy man running around flipping people off.
0: Yeah. Oh, I actually saw a tweet uh, talking about the Finlander. Uh, so, uh, Paradox released a new uh, race DLC for uh, Stellaris, the Toxoids. And uh, they have, like, uh, their pre-generated names uh, for other races, like, three options that you can choose pretty much, like, for uh, every race. Uh, and one of them is basically just Finnish names. Oh, so they sure. so they
2: they're just like we, we we randomly generated a bunch of letters together and magically made Finnish.
0: No, I, I think it's very intentional because like uh, the starships are named. Uh, uh, it's, it's Finnish for for its tähti laivasto, but it's like tähti laivasto or something like that. It's like so close but a little bit different. Like they're definitely intentionally taking those. It's like <laughs> something is very commenting on it on Twitter. It's like. That sounds like a that's probably our president and uh, that's our actual real city in Finland uh, for a city name and so on
2: that's actually kind of funny
0: yeah it's, it's the Swedes calling it Fins smelly I guess because they talk so crap <laughs> all about gas and whatever Filth. <laughs> it, it, it,
2: it's, it's kind of funny because it's like anybody you know in a, like outside of Finland would never even notice.
0: Yeah, well, yes, you, you have a lot of consonants name. and lots of as and r's and so on. So I used to uh, I used to program um, the modder back in the day, and uh, the previous guy who was running it uh, made uh, like this uh, class for mages, uh, and uh, most of the like spell words for them were just like a uh, Hungarian or something, just backwards,
1: <laughs> and oh. uh,
0: like a magic missile was he was just telling like rocket, rocket in hungarian backwards
1: That's so funny it's
2: brilliant i mean it, yeah, it, I mean, it sounds simple.
0: like a uh, magic words but uh,
1: <laughs> yeah
2: i like that. That, that that that's reminding me of um magica where it's just like it's swedish gibberish yeah the whole game <laughs> it's like well they're speaking swedish magica was good actually ra- random thing about uh, about magica i i saw a panel i think it PAX East, I can't remember which, it was at a PAX, but I saw a panel at one of the PAXs and it was about like video game piracy and uh, like how to distribute keys from the perspective of a publisher. It was an interesting uh, panel, but it had some Paradox people on it. And one of the things that they talked about is they talked about scams that they got um, from random people like trying to like resell keys. And apparently to this day, they still get, or at least as as of time of that panel, uh, they were still receiving uh, about 50 emails a week that were all from the same bot account, like, just erroring out, asking for Magicka keys. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, Magicka's, like, less than a dollar. (laughs) Like, why are you still asking for Magicka keys for review?
0: Yeah, it must be really crappy being a publisher or PR person or whatever with the amount of people trying to scam keys for me.
2: It's a a wild job out there. Just kind of was thinking about that again when the, uh, oh, what was the investigator game where the, the the person like got a bunch of curators removed from steam mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah
0: I... there was also that leaker guy recently
2: <laughs> leaker guy another one what
0: uh happened? yeah someone was i don't remember the name uh, who discovered it or who, who was the guy but he, he's basically uh, a youtuber who got uh, access to a lot of keys and things um early and signed ndas and things for them uh, and then uh, uh he had a second account on twitter um where he was basically leaking uh, info about games uh, early. And then he made oh, a mistake cool. uh, and posted accidentally on the wrong account.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> well, that's what you get. Yeah.
2: That's a really good way to, like, fire yourself in this industry. Yeah. It's like, nobody's going to work
0: with you anymore.
1: Yeah. Was that worth it, really? Mm.
0: And he wasn't really getting anything from the leaking, either, other than just, a, I like guess, a likes on Twitter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so not. Stupid. Not like you can make money doing that.
0: No. No. Totally. You can.
2: I. I mean, like, we. We. We're not. Pro- we're probably not going to cover it in the news section, but um, like, all of the Grand Theft Auto leaks happened recently, mm-hmm. and it's. It's just kind of. It just kind of sucks. Like, as somebody who likes game development stuff, for me, it's really neat to see that footage. And I was like combing through it over this week because I, I think I think that stuff's really interesting. But it's it's really kind of demoralizing seeing just like people thrashing at the the at Rockstar and people working on that game going like, that it looks like shit." Stuff like that, and it's just like, yeah, uh, yeah that game's like four years out. <laughs> like, all of those assets are like temporary or reused from previous Grand Theft Auto games, and like. GTA Online and all that stuff. And uh, those animations are very busted. You can still see like the wireframes, like calm down. It'll look yeah, better. I like in the
0: four reaction years. from the other developers who were like, yeah, our games look like terrible as well until like two days before the release. Uh, and then they started sharing like <laughs> uh, development pictures, which was really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some early footage of Jupiter Hell that's still floating around there uh, in the internet. And it's just like, Man, looking at that game, like before, like six weeks before it went into early access, versus it in early access, even that looked like night and day. It's like he had no wire, he had he had no animations in the game before it came out. Like they, they put together a um, a a physics based animation system, like just a couple of weeks before they released it.
0: It's often you have to wait for the assets. The most, uh, like getting the art and sound and everything, it takes a uh, a lot of effort. Uh, and you, you don't want to like a. Uh, get uh, those early because you might change them and it's expensive and time takes time you just want to be sure that these are the assets and things you want
2: i do gotta say though i I think i might be getting ready for a new grand theft auto i I I think i might actually play a a new single player grand theft auto i just wasn't expecting them to actually do that i was expecting them to i enjoyed the last one a lot
0: it was a great time to stream and i broke my Mm -hmm. controller in the middle of it
2: (laughs) (laughs) you broke it oh wow
0: there was a a part in the newest one where i you have to run around in a desert uh, without stopping for a certain time. And the final step is, is literally like 15 minutes or something of running. So I just stuck a, a toothpick into my controller. So this held the button down and just ran in a circle. Ah. Which apparently broke the controller.
2: <laughs> Aww. <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoyed I enjoyed GTA V. It was a fun game.
1: I didn't see that leak, but I assume the new one is going to be 3D.
2: Yeah, no, they're, sure. they're all 3D. I mean, if you want... No, you want I know. don't know.
1: I played GTA 2, uh,
2: yes, and I loved it. That was made by a different studio with a different parent company, and nobody from that team is still on the team. So <laughs> no.
1: But it's GTA!
2: Though.
0: I loved the, anyway. well, the first one cool. and the second one. And the UK one also, also pretty good.
2: Chinatown Wars was also 2D. Mm-hmm.
0: I, wouldn't mind seeing, I wouldn't mind seeing a new game like that. Uh, it doesn't have to be GTA, but like that style would be really cool.
2: Uh, there, there's a few different indie games that are that style of game, but... Like,
0: yeah, that was the down. one that was, like, a parody of the style of game, which was still pretty good. I think I played on Switch. There
2: was, oh. a, there, there was one that was, like, exclusive to Epic, and I'm, like, blanking on the name of it. Was it. It was Shakedown Hawaii? Is that what I'm thinking? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one I was thinking as so. well. Confirming that. Anyway, we're talking about video games. I think we're going to go to a real quick ad break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week. Back after this. Hi,
0: Arch from Arch Play Stuff here with your Halcyon Frequency Podcast fun fact. Did you know porcupines float in water? Me neither. Back to the show.
2: And we're back with the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode 36, airing Sunday, September 25th. We're here to talk about the games that we've been playing this week, and I I think Bellinaire has already finished it, but uh, I hear a, a, a Monkey Island game came out. Also, you both, I think, replayed 1 and 2, so... Yeah, I didn't um,
0: get to the end of 2, but I played it previously.
2: Yeah, I, I, pl- I played those ages ago. Mm. A very long time ago, but... Um, and then I
0: played again I, when the special editions came out.
2: I, I guess my question is, what's what what's the uh, kind of transition from Monkey Island 1 and 2 to the new Monkey Island like, and how, was was the, the wait worth it?
1: So I played Monkey Island 1 and 2 for the first time. Um which was really cool for me. I played three parts of it, at least as a teenager, but I like I just knew of the franchise and I really liked it, but only from what I've seen from from the third one. But playing the first and second one now was super, super cool and really enjoyed it. Although some of the puzzles were just, you know, it's an old point and click and you don't really understand what you're doing, why you're doing it. Um, I've played two hours of the new one and I don't want to spoil anything, but the, the second one ends weirdly and people had to wait 30 years for for the explanation of why and now the new one return to monkey island explains why the second one ended the way it did and i think it's brilliant yeah but i don't want to spoil it
0: i was actually wondering how they're even going to continue from that point because it's so weird uh, the ending in the second one
1: yeah i, I would have been so mad if they just left it that, I mean they did, right? But yeah, like playing did. it 30 years ago and then having this ending and just like, What happened? So that that would have driven me crazy, but now you know people know.
2: So that now I'm suddenly sitting here going, if you guys want to do like a like a straight up spoiler discussion of this game, you absolutely can, and we can timestamp around it for people who might want to skip, but we
0: should probably wait there if Kiri wants to finish the game
2: for us though. Because I don't want
0: to really spoil any of the story stuff from the new one uh, until uh, Thank you guys you. are also <laughs> are done with the game.
2: Okay. Because I'm just kind of curious yeah, but... about how the game starts now,
0: to be honest. It's it's continuing directly where the second end, if you know where the second one ends. Like, it's yeah. A time ago, but yeah. just one to one from two to the new one.
2: That's kind of fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really cool how they presented it there. Very
1: impressive.
2: So, is, is, so you, is, Return, is Return to Monkey Island just quite literally, like, more of exactly the same, just with less moon logic? Because that seems to be all of the points that I'm hearing.
1: It seems that way, yes. And, uh,
2: I,
0: you can choose actually difficulty in this one. So there are schedule mode and hardcore mode. And I was playing on the hardcore yeah. mode, and um, all the puzzles still felt uh, easier than in the old ones. <laughs> like, le- much less of the moon logic, and it actually kind of points you... Fairly clearly, always like where to go next and at least where to look for the next thing. Like, I had to use yeah. the hint a couple times because some of them were kind of strange, but uh, mostly it really explains where to go.
1: I was pushed into a hard mode as well, but so far it's all good. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel yeah, too if, difficult. I mean, if you
0: played for, through the one and two, yeah. you can definitely f- play the new one with the hardcore mode I, easily.
1: And I've played lots of other point and click adventures, yeah. so I'm like, yeah, you, you just do certain things even though you're though you don't know why um but it's really cool because it's you know it's the same brilliant writing it's super humorous and funny you've got the same voice actors again and yeah they changed the art style a bit but i really like it
0: did you uh just... did you get the reference to the art style in the was it was in the Scum bar when you go there because uh, if you talk to one of the i think it's like is the chef or one, one of the characters in there he says uh you look, you look different, and the guy brush is like, "Yeah, new art style."
1: Yes, 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 that was super funny.
2: The the yeah, it's it's just great. The thing about the art style though is like, uh, there there was a series of of documentaries. I want to say that uh, I can't, I can't remember what YouTube channel it was on, but um, there there was a series of documentaries. Uh, actually, I think it was just on Double Fine's YouTube channel about uh, Double Fine Adventure, which was the um, uh why am I blanking on the name of it now? Uh, the the point and click that Double Fine kickstarted that got way over budget and they had to release in two different parts. I'm blanking the name of it. Broken no Age clue. was that it? I think it was Broken Age. Anyway, um, it had like Hollywood actors and stuff in it. Is it Broken Age? Yes, Broken Age. Um, when when they were working on that, they they had the artist who did the art for Monkey Island, and he was like prototyping his his art for Broken Age. And he, um, was just like showing some of the original panels from Monkey Island, and they look like this art style, this new art style. And it's kind of funny because like the the those old games, like the the way their kind of process worked was they would do these like like watercolor paintings of each scene, and then they would uh, scan them in, and then go over top of them with pixel art. So they would like essentially trace those oh. like art pieces so it's kind of funny it's like when, when you look at the game it's like oh yeah it's a new art style but actually it's the it's old the old, old art style
1: i didn't know it's actually kind of funny
0: because uh with the remakes of the one and two especially two because you can switch the retro mode and the new graphics uh, they basically take yeah. in the pixel mode and draw on a, like more like a Real, like realistic art. I don't know how to say it but like, they've like drawn on that pixel art. Like they've gone from a water paint uh, like watercolour painting into pixel art and then pixel art into the into the new graphics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, almost like one-to-one uh, between the retro and the new one. That's really cool. I was kinda hoping there would have been a like a reference of the retro graphic mode in the in the new one, at least like a retro goggles or something for a moment, but sadly there wasn't anything
1: i just wanted to say again that i can highly recommend it mm-hmm. if you like the human point-to-click adventures de- definitely go play return to monkey island
0: yeah. uh, although i would play the one and two first uh, before going into that because you're gonna miss out on so many references to everything yeah even even if they have that amazing scrapbook at the beginning that kind of explains the actually the all five games uh, in a very short uh, form well one one yeah, page really for the second which is a little short <laughs> But at least you get, like, the main point. That's what's happened before.
1: Yeah, it's voice acting. And then you can click on just pictures or whatever is in the scrapbook and get a bit more explanation of what happened in the games. It's really, really nicely done.
2: Just kind of coming back to the art style for a second here, I think this game very much as one of my favorite features of a point and click. Or any kind of, like like, the Deponia games also feel like this, where, like, every single individual scene in that game could work as just, like, an art piece.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the backgrounds are amazing.
2: Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter what's happening in the scene. It's like you could just like screenshot anything in this video game and just put it up on your wall because the entirety of it just looks gorgeous. Yeah, some some yeah, people were very against
0: deal. the new art style, and I don't really understand why. Like I, I did prefer the um, uh, newer Monkey Island so graphics. Uh, I know even, even the old ones to this this one, but the, it wasn't bad or anything. Like and then it's like grew on me like first hour is like "Ah, it's okay and then i kind of forgot about the whole thing and just went with the thing
2: i know that there was some like controversy surrounding it but i i think at the end of the day that's just like curmudgeonly old internet people being Mm -hmm. like i don't like change blah yeah yeah and you're you're getting a a new monkey island in 2022 don't complain
0: (laughs) yeah right just be happy it's not like the game series has had like a stable art style anyways it's like every Single one out of five games is different looking, anyways. So the sixth one looks different as well. So who, who cares? It's a new, it's a new Monkey Island.
2: <laughs> there was all the, the spin-off Monkey Island games that weren't even like related that had a com- like a completely different art style. Mm-hmm. So it's I, nice I that they know. brought I...
0: some stuff in from those as well. Um, you know, especially one character that's not in the one and two at all is in the is in the new one from the I think it comes in the other third game. <laughs> first time the other 30 yes yeah. the other third <laughs> well it, it is after monkey Island 3 and this one is also monkey Island 3 t- technically
1: <laughs> yeah
0: then i was really happy that they did bring in that character because it would be a shame to if you have like really good characters in those uh i guess non-canon <laughs> monkey islands uh and not uh, using them uh, in the new one as well especially if fans are really big fans of those characters, especially well, Murray as the character I'm talking about. And if, if you wouldn't have him in the game it would be quite sad.
2: <laughs> I, I mean the, I guess kind of the benefit you have with making a Monkey Island game is it kind of markets itself, right? Like the, the number of tweets from like random celebrities going, I'm so excited for Monkey Island is just like kind of crazy. And it's it's not even like, a, oh they're definitely paying them. I don't think they had to pay them. <laughs> they just did that.
0: Yeah. A lot of people played them uh, like back in the day, or a little later. So it's really nice to have a new one. It's such a good feel. It's like uh, the new one. Uh, once you get to the melee Island, it starts exactly how the first game starts. Uh, like down to the music and how the sk- scenes go and everything. Like it's such a good feel when it's like oh, I'm, I'm yeah. like back home.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like especially when, I mean, once once the to Monkey
1: Island, yeah, and so, like when, yeah. when you
0: have that like a scene of the island at the beginning, and then the music starts, it's just such yeah, a good Yeah, I
2: agree. Well, um, I think I'm going to kind of hijack this this lovely conversation of good old feels and talk about um uh, a, a very me game for a second because I was playing a bunch of Zorbis this past week, <laughs> and last week as well. Um, Zorbis released on Steam and uh itch. And Zorbis has been around for quite some time now. I mean, they're on version 50, to give you an idea. I just put up version, I think it's 52.1 or something, is the version that was released on Steam. Zorbis is a traditional roguelike dungeon crawler, um, and it uses dungeon crawl stone soup sprites. If that means anything to you, then you probably already know what I'm talking about, so I don't need to explain further. Long story short, it uses a, a tile set that people are familiar with. Um it is a very approachable traditional roguelike. It's absolutely brutal. Um I I I died a bunch, but I had quite a bit of fun messing around with it. Um and before I like kind of elaborate, it's like for me a game that's approachable is a game that explains itself in a very easy to understand way. Um, the game kind of does this pretty genius thing where there's the well not genius other other roguelikes do this too but it does it in a really easy to understand fashion there's books everywhere and like one of the first items that you'll find when you enter any dungeon is like the done like an idiot's survival guide for a dungeon essentially um it's like a dungeoneer's survival guide um and that that book just kind of goes through all of the basic things that you need to know right down to like you should probably funnel enemies into a doorway, kind of thing, um, to survive big rooms. Like it's it just immediately gives you all of the kind of the basic tips that you need to kind of understand how to play. Um, the game does uh, uh, has a massive attempt at um, making the game uh, make, making the world and the dungeons that you're in feel alive. The dungeon floors are very large. Um, some of the biggest maps I've seen in a roguelike uh, in recent memory. Uh, So they're huge maps and they all are themed and they they have different um, uh, enemy types that will populate different portions of the dungeon and they will like yell at you. Like if you run into thieves, thieves, like they'll have speech bubbles that will pop up above their head. that are just like, I'm just here for your gold. Stop killing me. And fun stuff like that. Um, There are recruitable NPCs. So like by the end of my first kind of successful run, I was running around with uh, a elf wizard and a rhino person. And we were just like raffle stomping our way through crowds of enemies. And it was a good time. And I was a a gnome with magic missile. And I was just making everything die by throwing stuff at them. Um, And it's 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 kind of a uh, knowledge progression comes in with these symbols on the floors so when I say knowledge progression I mean like the stuff that you just kind of start to remember from run to run you find books that explain what the symbols mean and then you use the symbols to your advantage so uh, a room with a certain skull in it if you pull the lever in that room it'll turn all dead bodies into zombies that are friendly to you or uh, there's other rooms that will hurt do the opposite uh, there were there's enemies that will just there's rooms that will summon enemies there's rooms that will summon items There there's rooms that will teleport you to different rooms there's rooms that um if you bring a certain type of item into it and drop it on the floor and then step back from the uh the uh altar in front of you then it will spawn a special boss or give you a special item there's all kinds of like really neat things that i'm still learning about Zorbis um in each of the dungeon levels and neat little dungeon puzzles um but uh Turns out it's a it's a pretty easy game to get into as far as roguelikes are concerned and uh I mean the steam version is five dollars and the uh original is well which is identical is free on their website so it's worth trying if uh you're like interested in traditional roguelikes and this is a very easy one to get into does
0: have a uh, graphics so ASCII.
2: uh it it so it uses dungeon crawlstone soup's graphical tile set mm-hmm. um so yes it does it has pixels oh um the uh the sprites uh wobble they have like a breathing animation um and there's very 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 extensive wobble uh settings in the (laughs) the options menu you can uh synchronize the wobbles you can disable the wobbles you can uh make them wiggle in random directions you can uh make them pause in between individual wiggles (laughs) how odd so you'll like can you
1: turn it off completely
2: yes you can completely disable it um, but okay. like if you look at footage of the game it, it's pretty obvious but like like you'll walk into a room and everything they'll all be like dancing <laughs> it's kind of funny odd
0: it's good to have that kind of options in games so. I actually yeah, just now remember that off, uh, Monkey so Island also had a because you have the ship bobbing uh, Yeah. so they actually had an uh, option to turn that off and I immediately thought about yeah. Kiri and uh, FG it's like ah <laughs> good to have this I-,
1: I haven't seen any ship wobbles I just immediately turned it off and also distortion I- effects yeah. I think so so that's great. Also there's accessibility options for the text size for subtitles and everything else. Very
2: yeah, good. Oh yeah, that's that's another nice thing about Zorbis is there's like you you can just keep making the text bigger until it literally fills up the entire screen. Um there there is no limit to how big you can make the text. You can also set it set the font <laughs> to literally any installed font on your computer. Ooh. So that's pretty great, and also um, the UI. Like you can customize the UI size and shape of windows down to pixels. Um, like it's got extremely extensive UI customization. And then if you don't want the 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 you know the the ugly pixel sprites, you can just press seven and get the beautiful ASCII.
1: That's great. Yeah,
0: sounds so. like something I should uh, I've been having.
1: I like yeah. options.
2: Been having kind of rogue like each lately. I would recommend <laughs> Zorbis. It's also, um, the, the, I think, like, the one real issue that I have with Zorbis is um, its auto-explorer is very much a roguelike auto-explorer. Like, it will just teleport you and you'll be like, where in the world am I? <laughs> um, because the maps are so big. And you will need to use auto-explorer by the end of uh, clearing a floor because you're going to want to find all those secret doors. Um and that's just a matter of spamming Auto Explore a bunch. But um, that being said, it has one of the best mini maps for fast travel I've ever seen. Where like you hit P, and it gives you a little dot of where you are on the map, and then you just like can drag this like route with your mouse on the map to exactly where you want to go uh, on the world map, and then your your character will just fly there. So. Um, like it definitely does suff- suffer from like the it's a traditional turn-based roguelike. Like it, it comes with kind of like that jank, but it's it's a pretty damn good one. There's also very extensive class and race customization, which I haven't even dove into yet because there's just, um, uh, I think it's six different archetype classes where there's like your your optimal wizard class, your optimal warrior class, your optimal uh like summoner class, your optimal like archer class your optimal like and so I've just been playing those so I've been kind of bouncing back and forth
0: that's the kind of stuff that I, I really like to think I've just with been them.
2: jumping back and forth between dwarven warrior and gnome wizard so although whenever I play wizard I usually end up being much closer to a druid just like summoning lions <laughs> just be like go kill <laughs> because like the, the spell variety is quite wide I haven't seen all of the spells yet but there's a lot of them so, yeah, Zorbis, it's been fun. Kiri, uh, what the heck is Potion Permit? And do you have a permit for that potion?
1: Absolutely, because remember when I played Papers, Please? I always make sure that I've got my papers and permits. <laughs> so, Potion Permit is a, another life sim. Gorgeous pixel graphics. Um, the, the dialogue is a bit eh, but you're a chemist. And you come to a new town, you're from the medical association. You come to a town where chemists are hated. So everybody hates you. And then you've got to help people, heal them, gather resources. So you have a sickle, an ax and a hammer. You run around outside the town to collect resources, to kill enemies. And then basically for every other thing, you've got a mini game. So crafting potions is a mini game. Diagnosing people is a mini game. Um, Part time jobs in the town are mini games as well. Apparently, research too, but I haven't gotten to that yet. Fishing and so on. So far, I really like the mini games. I like the gameplay loop, basically, of just running around, uh, collecting resources, and then diagnosing people, helping them, upgrading your things, of course, as you do in a live sim. And then you can also run around and have relationships with people. I'm not sure if that goes as far as romancing romancing them but maybe potentially you have a dog you can pet it and when it gets hungry it's it looks super sad and it's very slow running after you and then you need to feed it again yeah i'm i'm enjoying it a lot i've streamed it for one stream and now i'm playing it off stream on my steam deck and i'm having a great time with it
0: yeah i played the demovit as well and really enjoyed it
2: what what exactly does this thing So I I from from the perspective of somebody who doesn't play these types of games, what does this game do that's different than Stardew Valley?
1: There is no farming grind. So you you are the chemist and you have a super old run-down house and clinic. So you've got this profession of you're a chemist, basically a, a doctor. Um it's more like an RPG, I'd say, than Stardew. You've got lots of quests to do as well. Um, and it's more story focused as well. I feel like in Stardew, you, you know, you inherit this farm and then you build it up and it's all about grinding, making more money. But in Potion Permit, you actually have a story to play. It is open-ended after the story, um, but it, it is story focused.
0: Yeah, I get patients of different conditions, and then you need to make my potion to heal them, basically.
2: Yeah. Interesting. I, 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 As somebody who doesn't play many life sims, I mean, this is probably the exact problem people get whenever they look at a roguelike that I talk about, uh, but I, from, from the outside looking in, they all just kind of look like pretty pixel art, and I can never figure out what the substance of the game is, just from, like, Steam pages or even streams. Like, I, I just, I look at them and I'm like, okay, so this seems like the same game loop every single time, and I have a hard time Figuring out like what makes each individual one unique.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's totally understandable. Here you just have the different profession, and and you have the minigames in between as well. Like Stardew, yes, there's one for fishing, but that's it. So they are different.
2: Yeah, so this is like a mini game collection with a story and a life sim attached. Yeah, it's much more like a JRPG <laughs> almost. Interesting.
0: Okay. Also, this one has an amazing pixel art. Like it's so well done.
2: It is really yeah, pretty. It's gorgeous. Yeah, kind of reminds me of um, Graveyard Keeper a little bit. Yeah, just in its color palette, well, much prettier. Yes, much prettier yeah, Graveyard Keeper. Yeah, that's Keeper. true. Well, uh, Belliner, do you want to talk to us about the new player experience in uh, Guild Wars Two? <laughs> yeah, my my <laughs> new addiction, basically.
1: Please make me play again. Go. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, so uh, I've never played a Guild Wars Two before. Uh, even though my community has been like, you should try this. It's a good game. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try it at some point. There's that. This has been like a series of different games that's like, yeah, yeah, I'll play it one day. And it's like, this is amazing game. Why didn't I play this earlier? <laughs> <laughs> so last Sunday, uh, people, uh, someone linked a a video of a uh, Guild in my Discord. Uh, I was like, look at this amazing mount. And it's like, oh, that looks quite, quite nice. And then people started talking about Guild Wars, and then they were like, let's go play. And I was like. Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> so the, I just downloaded <laughs> and just jumped in into them without really knowing anything, and uh, it's, it's been a really interesting experience. It's quite different from like I, I played a lot of like Final Fantasy and uh, World of Warcraft in the back in day, and uh, it's a lot different uh, experience from those. Because in, in World of Warcraft and everything, it's just like grind, grind, there's levels and get to the end game and then do some raids and whatnot. This one uh, supports much more like Going after all the shinies, like I haven't really focused on anything. I'm just like wandering around, exploring. And it's like, what is that shiny thing? Ooh, what is that cool thing? what, what does that do? I'm <laughs> like, ooh, that's a nice looking place. Let's go there. And I'm all, already almost max level, just doing that. Uh. <laughs> so it's, it's it's really really fun, and I also really really like that uh, you have uh, is it nine yeah nine classes, sir. Uh, which one of them is a DLC, which I haven't really seen, uh, or the expansion is needed for that, and then uh. You have different builds for each uh, class, but also like all of your skills and everything changes depending on the weapons. So you can build your character very differently depending what what the weapons you wield and what the like uh, talents you take. And I really like that as well. There's a lot of uh, build options, but also it's, it's interesting how the gear is done. That the, it's not that grind for a gear. You're gonna get like a basically almost top tier gear very quickly, and then it's all about uh fashion pretty much after that damn right and so it's very yep. horizontal progression uh that's really interesting like people have gotten their gear like years ago and they are still using the same gear these days and they just uh, hunt for a uh, fancy skins. like there's probably a halloween event coming sooner with some fancy skins that i'm looking forward to
1: yeah there's always a halloween event
0: and uh, it's completely free to play currently uh up to level 80 and everything uh, right. You just don't get some of the story stuff and some of the zones that are required for them uh, with the expansions. And also there's also living story ones that you need to buy separately even after the expansion. Yeah, so, But that's basically just story stuff.
1: Yeah, because the story was, that it's the living world that they've got. So you basically have to play during that time because yeah. then you can unlock that story and play it. But if you miss it, then it's gone. And every now and then they have this promotion of, hey, you can buy that with real money to get back into it. But I think now they've got this event for, if you've missed Living World season one, you can now play that for free yeah, again.
0: some of that is for free as well. Yeah. And also they don't cost that much, like they're very cheap there, especially the older Living World stuff seem to be pretty cheaper to buy. But it's like, it's totally unnecessary if you don't want to, like there's a lot of story and things to do Without that, uh, just just added a uh, story stuff. If you want to experience that, uh. the only only big limitations is like the mounts are uh, level eighty and uh, only if you have the expansions and uh, then the elite specializations. So you, once you get to like a uh, uh, level eighty, you still can keep basically leveling your character through this like mastery system and uh, the elite specializations, uh, and all of those are uh, tied to the expansions. But uh, if, if you have played enough to get to there. The expansions are, uh, what uh, the first two are bundled, like 30 euros or dollars, um, and then the new one, which came a couple of, year, uh, couple of m- months ago, actually, was um, also another 30, 30, so it's not that expensive even. Like 60 euros, uh, if you buy all of that stuff, uh, it's basically price of one new big game, and you get so much content for it. And you've already, yeah. sang, like I've sank like, f- over 50 hours on the in Twitter, so I'm definitely getting there uh first expansion bundle which is the first and the second expansion together uh, for 30 euros and that's totally something i'm willing to buy, pay for a game like that uh like i often do yeah, with the uh, free-to-play games like uh, i played a lot of like war warframe and path of exile and so on i usually like once i've enjoyed the game enough um, i usually buy like the, whatever the starter bundle is and maybe something else uh, to at least give some back uh, if i'm enjoying the game so much uh, and uh, I'm definitely at that point already in this uh, this game as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a. I'm kind of sad I didn't experience this like earlier already. Like it's it's super pretty, like the, you were saying about the environments in like Monkey Island and so on, and in this one as well. Like the. the it's just a fun to run around and look at things. So. and they even have like this uh, system of vistas where you have to go to, through a jump. There's a lot of jumping puzzles. <laughs> I was surprised how many jumping puzzles there are. Oh You need yes. to jump to. A, Like a specific spot that has a vista, and then it gives you like this uh, pan's camera around and shows you the region, and those are really really cool. And a lot of the places are super pretty and feel amazing. Like the cities feel actually feel like cities. Like often in an MMO, it's like three houses, and this is supposed to be like a thousand people village or something. And when when you go to like Divinity's Reach, which is one of the it's the human capital, I think, uh, it's just gigantic. Like it actually feels like you're in a massive medieval fantasy city. But also how they've uh, like laid out all the teleported nodes and everything. It doesn't like some in some games um, when you have like a massive city or a, something, it's just a slog to walk. Uh, like, all right, I'm gonna go the other side of the city. See me in 15 minutes of walking. Uh, but this one has uh, like a teleport nodes all, all over the place, uh, so you can quickly travel wherever you need to go. And certainly, build them.
2: I only ever played Guild Wars. Never played Guild Wars
0: two. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you have any, even like any, itch yeah. each for an MMO, it's it's I mean it's free, so it's for easy to try, and it's you know, just so it's, much fun.
2: It's, it's funny. I I I feel like I I sometimes get the itch for an MMO, and then I go to their website or I go to wherever I need to download it. I download the launcher and I look up the at the account sign up stuff, and then I go actually, <laughs> and I usually uninstall it. I never almost never make it. Past yeah, that this one point. is
0: on Steam now. They. Quite recently yeah uh, moved it on, uh, well you have the arena net version and then you have steam version so but you can just yeah. download on steam and then you just log in like there's no character like a uh, account creation or anything just
2: log it with your Steam. <laughs> they've made it easy to get your first dose
1: yeah yeah they did i i started playing it so many years ago and i played it for several years as well um when the game was still paid like Pay to play, I suppose. I don't know, so I, I bought the game, the base game, and then I bought the first expansion and then eventually it was free to play. I had so much fun with it. I, I sunk thousands of hours into it, so I, it's definitely justified if I were to purchase the the other expansions now. It's just, I tried to get back into it a couple of years ago because I thought, you know, an MMO, I always liked it, but I, I downloaded the launcher. I started the game, selected my character, and then I was just, you know, somewhere. My inventory was full of stuff, and I had no clue what half of that even was anymore. And it's just so daunting to get back into it. But also, we talked about this just before recording the podcast, actually, because Bellman just said, "You know, start a new character." But I love my character so mm-hmm. much, and I just—I've got so many good memories with them. Yeah,
0: no, exactly. What do you I feel do, like? I <sighs> have same, same for oh. my Final Fantasy character and some of the World of Warcraft characters. Like, I, I couldn't switch to a new one. It's like this—this this character yeah. is the game. I can, I can. This is me.
2: This is the canon main character of this video game. How, yeah, how could you possibly kill <laughs> exactly, Commander Shepard? Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if,
0: if you played like a thousand hours of story content, especially in Final Fantasy, yeah. seeing that same character doing the, the emotions and all the things, uh, it's like it would be so strange to suddenly be like a different race and face. It's like, what? <laughs> this is this is not the same game anymore.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I understand that feeling.
0: There's like really cool stuff just walk, walking around uh, there's like these mini dungeons. So you have like dungeons and then, you know, uh, any other like MMO. But you also have like mini dungeons that are not in, marked in any way on the map. So there's like a whole exploration aspect of, oh, what is this place? There's just a random door uh, in the middle of nowhere. It's like a mini dungeon you could throw and there's a reward at the end. Uh, and then a small like uh, different uh, achievement things to hunt, uh, like which randomly ran into a small uh, was a, uh, tiger at dinner that just gave an achievement when you find it. It's like a small hole in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> So there's a lot of there things are so to hunt. Many and then there's uh, all the, the wars too. there's um like a rotation of uh, uh, world bosses and events uh, that just constantly go around. Like there's uh, something every 15 minutes pretty much on the thing around yep. the world. And I really like the world bosses like in, in some MMOs you have kind of big bosses but kill wars 2 has some really really big bosses uh in the yep. world just massive dragon pops out of nowhere and it's like hello <laughs> Like yesterday, we were uh, super fun. Yesterday, we were just leveling it, uh, and we—you can see like there's these uh, players that have like like a mentor tag or like a commander, which are like mentors are supposed to help help people and so on. But you 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 see these like uh, other players on the map all, all the time in an area. So like a couple nights ago, I was like wandering around alone and just exploring, and I saw like three of these guys in the same spot near me on the map, and I was like. There must be something going on in there, and just uh, walk in there and around the corners. It's, it's massive, like a crystal dragon, like just <laughs> oh, massive, massive. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go poke that a little bit," and then I got promptly one shotted. <laughs> then I went back and poked a little more, and you, you don't have to actually be like a max rank, max level, uh, max gear uh, raid character or anything. You can just go poke around when there is something happening in the lower level zones, for example. Because uh, just some of big... hit by the heavy stuff, yeah, basically Just dodge. uh but you you do get a uh, quite a nice rewards from from just being a even if you're a low level and just go poke it a little bit, uh, like you'd still get like the reward chest and everything if you contribute some, which is really nice, and some of them are they are not like in the level, i mean I'm sure there is uh, stuff like that happening in the high like level 80 zones and everything, but there's also like a from like twenty-five and so on, like very early on, you can also participate on in all these massive fights, which is really really nice. If you just know that they're happening, but when you see like there is like hundred people standing there with those markers on the map, it's like hmm, there must be something happening. Like the other day, like yesterday, we also found another massive dragon. We were just leveling the zone, and so like, hmm, why is there a hundred people standing in this spot? <laughs> it's just a just so much fun experience. <laughs> And I'm losing so much sleep for it.
1: <laughs> All the memories, spell on there. what you're doing. Yeah, it's so it's so
0: good. It's so much fun.
1: <sighs> and
0: that's that's the problem also why I'm playing so much, is that it's hard to stop it's like it's like oh, I'm just gonna do this thing. Oh what is that thing? Ooh, I'm gonna do that thing. And it's like three hours later. <laughs> it's eight in the morning. It's like I need to go sleep. <laughs> Well, I want to play then more. There's like,
2: <laughs> then there's Steam, where it's just like, Bellinare has played 55 hours of this recently.
0: Yeah, I, I started on Sunday. Like, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday evening.
2: Sunday evening, and it's Friday now. Oh, no.
0: And I, I, have, I have two characters. One is almost max level. The other one is, like, <laughs> uh, halfway there. <laughs> because uh, we were leveling with people. Obviously, I, being a streamer and everything, I have a lot of time on my hands to uh, play video games sometimes. Uh, so... And other people are working during the week, so I was vastly out leveling as I always do in these type of things. Um, <laughs> people and I wanted to run about seven levels, so I was like, "Well, I- I'll create a second character, so I'll be—I a- have one that's high level and one that's uh, closer to where uh, the working people are."
2: I'll come back down to all of you norm- normies with jobs and uh, yeah. make a second character so that uh, <laughs> I don't get too far ahead.
0: I-, I might need a third <laughs> one <laughs> soon. <laughs> Although there is only um, if so, that's one of the limitations with the free to play version. You only have two character slots, which I think goes up to five if you have um, uh, uh, any of the expansions. And then you can also buy new uh, slots. Like there's a lot of uh, like buying bank slots and buying character slots yeah. and lots of quality of life things that also that you can buy uh, teleporter and so on. So there there is a lot of that like microtransaction things, but not, nothing really that. Uh, it's like pay to win. Like you can you can boost yourself to level eighty and so on. What just there is a little just one to eighty level booster and so on. But getting to eighty is uh, it's not the same in like another in uh, MMOs. Like uh, it doesn't really matter if you're max level because the horizontal progression and all that. Uh, so you can't really win a uh, win that way. But there, there is a lot of uh, things uh, you can spend real money uh, in the in the game. But they also, they'll actually literally sell gold as well. So they have gems, which is the, like the premium currency, and you can actually exchange that into uh, gold in game. But you can also exchange gold into the premium currency. So you, technically, if you are really good at making money in the game and just grind enough, you can also basically get everything uh, through just playing the game, except the, the expansions. And you can buy the living stories and everything with the gems as well. So you can still end, like, those are very cheap. Uh each one of them. So, if you if you don't have any money to spend, then uh, you can also still experience a lot of the paid content uh, by just playing enough.
2: That's something that always kind of fascinated me about, about MMOs, but also kind of scared me about MMOs, is the, oh, well, yes, you can, in fact, play the, like, paid content without paying for it, but it's just going to cost you 50 hours of your life instead.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, this some of it is pretty expensive, for sure. Like, getting the gems uh, through a conversion uh, from Gold 2, like, gems would be a lot of hours to play, unless, you know, some really good money-making strategies, I guess, or a... Uh, Get a lucky drop or something to sell.
1: Yeah, legendaries like so the legendary weapons, and you can drop a precursor for it because you need to craft a legendary weapon then afterwards. And precursors, at least back in the day, were super super valuable.
0: Yeah, and they are probably pretty big grind as well. I,
1: uh, yeah, super rare. Like the people I've played for years and haven't gotten any. I think I dropped one only. The other one I I just bought. But I I dropped one once. That was really awesome.
0: But that kind of keep. Yeah, that kind of stuff is also really nice because then it keeps people playing because they have something to strive for. Even if it doesn't really add. I mean, it's it's marginal upgrade, eh? and quality of life uh, usually. But I mean, it doesn't late, really. Late. It's, it's not necessary. But it's just a fancy thing you can aim for.
2: Late game. Stuff in MMOs is mostly just status and bragging rights, right? Mm. Like the you you don't need the super cool looking mount to actually have the super cool looking mount. It's exactly the same as a normal looking mount. It's just you want to stand inside of a, in in the busy part of, of town and dance, right? Yeah,
0: this one actually just has a set of mounts that you can get, and then it's just skins for those mounts. So.
2: Sure. Yeah.
0: And same same pretty much yeah. for the gear as well. It's uh, just a lot of skins uh, for the armor and weapons and so on, and pets. Uh... Well, and, uh, I'm. There is a heavy PVP portion of the game as well. There's World versus World stuff and the PVP and stuff like that. But I haven't I haven't got to that yet.
2: <laughs> Th- that's when we'll it's never fun. see you again, right?
0: Yeah. I have a, I have some people in my community who have been literally playing for 10 years of the World vs. World stuff and so on. So apparently, yeah. it is pretty fun to do.
1: It is, yeah. Uh,
2: the first day that you streamed Guild Wars, somebody popped into my chat from your chat and was just like, well, Rip Bell air. I was like, what? It's like he's playing another <laughs> MMO. He's <laughs> going to be gone for two months. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, uh, it, it's, it's been lovely kind of hearing about the the new player experience of Guild Wars 2. And I kind of expect that we'll hear about it again on other episodes of this podcast. And uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully, Carrie had a good nostalgia trip there. But um, I just kind of want to talk really briefly about Songs of Six's housing update because I kind of love it, but I kind of hate it. Um, So I'm just going to kind of work under the base assumption that most people listening to this know what Songs of Six is, but if you don't, um, it's a very, very, very large-scale city builder. Think kind of like a little bit of Rimworld, a little bit of Pharaoh, a little bit of Dungeon Keeper, a little bit of Total War, and some faction management stuff with very, very, very large-scale populations. Um, The housing update completely changes how housing worked in the in the game so previously the way housing would work is you would just build houses uh, in kind of the 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 game's building style in any shape that you wanted you'd fill it up with furniture and people would populate it based on the amount of people that were uh, beds available. Um, and then once they'd populated it, they would live there and then they would walk all the way to wherever they worked and then they would walk back. And this was an interesting system, but it kind of led to problems pretty quickly where you'd have people working on one end of the city and living on another end of the city and they would literally starve to death on the way home, um, which was, you know, uh, dark in its own weird way. Uh, but, uh, the, the, the new housing system fixes this problem by if you, uh, people move into places that are close to where they work um and instead of getting to build uh houses in any shape that you want you have these kind of default little squares and there're four different types of squares there's uh, i think house apartment uh longhouse and uh i i think it's a dormitory um uh, basically just like a bunker so um the the house has the most privacy. Uh, the apartment has slightly less privacy. Um, the, uh, the 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 longhouse has almost no privacy, and the bunk- bunker has zero privacy. Um, certain because the the game has uh, I think it's six different species that you can have in your city now, uh, from humans, elf like creatures, orc like creatures, got. Um, uh, 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 what what are they called? Bug people, lizard people, and giant blue giants. Um, they all have different preferences and the kind of specifics that they want in their housing. Um, and so you, you essentially end up building like these kind of large structures with these tiny little housing blocks inside of them. And then they just kind of move in as jobs become available in certain areas. And this also adds in another mechanic in the underground of this game where or in in the back end of this game where you can allow certain groups of people either based on class intelligence or race uh different materials and they will just go to your stockpiles and gather them and put them in their houses so say you have a very like orc dominant city uh you could be like okay orcs you guys can have furniture you guys can have wood for your floors and you can have cloth and then suddenly like all of your little orc people will run off into the little stockpiles and gather those resources as they become available and put them in their houses and organize them differently. So you'll end up with, like, all of these tiny little different organized houses with different floors, and they, like, renovate it when they move in. It's kind of a wild system, and I am I could not imagine what it would take to program something like that, but uh, yeah, that I kind of— Yeah, on one hand, it's really, really neat. And I I think that the idea of the housing system in Songs of Six is really cool. The reason I kind of miss the old system is I feel in the old system, we had a lot more agency on what our buildings looked like because we could make them any shape that we wanted, right? So you can make like little circle houses. You can make like little square houses. You can make big diamond houses. You can make them little triangle houses. You can make uh, just tiny little squares and copy paste them and make like a weird grid. Now, because the space that they actually live in are set squares. It's either like a rectangle and it's either like a three by three rectangle, a six by six rectangle, an eight by 16 rectangle or um, uh, one in the middle. Uh, Because you're, you're, you're stuck with these rectangles and you have to fit the rectangles into your building. I think it really limits the amount of creativity I can have with the visuals of the housing in like a construction format, but at the same time, I think in the log run, it's a much more interesting system and really cu- curious to see how it develops. Yeah. Just a neat like game. The, sound of the It's been old... fun watching the...
0: the like them just uh, making their own uh, little rooms of the things in there. Sounds really the... neat.
2: The thing that's really neat about the system is something that I'm hoping I'll see in the late game of my current playthrough because um, Songs of Six is one of those games where you kind of end up fighting against yourself, especially once you start getting into combat in that game, because once you get into combat in that game, you're literally throwing your city's population at another city's population to go to war. So, say you have a population of, like let's just say, 5,000, right, and your army is 2,000, and then you send your army to go fight somebody else and you lose 900 guys. Suddenly, you're short 900 workers when you come back afterwards because they're not training all the time and they're not professional soldiers, Mm -hmm. usually... Unless you have a very late game city, which I've never made it to. So whenever I go off to war, I lose a significant portion of my population, which causes which forces you to shut down portions of your industry while the city repopulates itself. And it's gonna be really interesting seeing all of these abandoned housing blocks just slowly getting run down. Because if you don't have people maintaining the buildings and and um, living and working in those areas and cleaning and working the janitor stations and all that, like the buildings start to become run down. So i'm really curious to kind of see what like the housing system does when i start shutting down chunks of my farms or like having to like move uh people from one portion of the city to a different portion of the city due to whatever kind of disaster happened um or if like i don't know the the elves get really mad and decide to eat all my bug people again which happened once so you know um it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a fun game it's really cool doing. stuff it's like just emerging, a lot of like, weird stories
0: about. emerging from uh, like the Gameplay itself, uh, and also kind of realistic in like real life wars back in the day. You just round up peasants into your army, and then you didn't have farmers, and there was a famine. So it's, it's kind of realistic in that sense as well. And it sounds it sounds like really fun how it gets represented in the game as well. It,
2: it, it's it's a really neat game, but it's also kind of like a really scary game because it does way too good of a job simulating racial segregation. Um, but it's like. From the perspective of, like, a, a fantasy video game, kind of like Crusader Kings almost in a way, where it's like, oh, I'm doing horrible things and don't feel bad about it. Um, in, in this game, there's literally just, like, a... Like, in the school system for this game, there's a slider which is just, like, do you want to indoctrinate or educate? <laughs> um, for every single different, like, species. And, uh, like, there's there's literally a button on the uh on the cannibal shop which is one of the shops you can build which is just like yes you can eat this entire group of people also we're imprisoning all of them go um it's it's a it's a it's a neat game it's it there's there's definitely something there i mean it's it's got its janky problems i i mean like the the rain still kind then of, snow still kind of makes me motion sick um and the Aww. uh like he still hasn't he you know it's it's kind of funny i was is there- I I asked him specifically about the the, the rain and the snow when I was talking to him once, and he's just like, I'm adding a system to make snow pile up, and I will remove the crappy animations once I've done that. I just haven't done that yet. (laughs) Um, Okay. Solo dev problems, I guess. Yeah. Because there's nothing that actually indicates that it's winter right now in the game aside from that snow animation. So Mm -hmm. because like the time moves so fast, it's like you'd straight up miss the seasons, and sometimes you do need to be paying attention to what season it is. So mechanically I understand why that snow animation is still there but god it's annoying although if you turn particles all the way down to minimum it does lower the number of snowflakes But it's
0: good to at least uh, see that it's a problem and something to solve later on
2: yeah I mean it's uh, songs of Six. I think for me is just going to be a game that I continue to check in with every single update and it's you know it's got that big warning at the beginning where it's like this game has broken features and it's not finished because it's not finished and it has broken features yeah no, of course and I, I just kind of expect it to you know be kind of in a perpetual state of semi-broken forever um, until it finally releases. And, you know, there, there's whole mechanics in there that straight up just don't work properly. Like, the combat is clunky as hell still, but, like, everything that that game does is so ambitious and so neat and nothing else is really like it that, you know, for me, it's kind of slotting into my brain just like Dwarf Fortress where it's just like, yes, I play this, not because it's perfect, but because it's there's really nothing else like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Still haven't gone around to play that. I guess I need to. Take sounds a uh, guilt sounds guilt. a lot of fun with uh, what you're explaining now.
2: Uh, just just wait until the next big update comes out. There's big updates every so often. Although it's a it's a weird game to stream because like I stream it and I suddenly gain like 30, 40 viewers because like nobody streams it and there's kind of a really big community for it. So it's it's a it's a neat it's a neat game to stream and it's yeah a, I'm definitely
0: up for it. Give me the go.
2: It's super goddamn zen too. Like. <laughs> It's, it's a pretty slow paced <laughs> game and it's kind of not grindy, but like it takes a while to get things going um, and then things can crash and burn really fast. But it's it's neat. It's it's especially fun when you start like marching the uh, like anti whatever group is like uprising in your city army through the streets, just slaughtering your own people. And you're just like, no, it's fun. Good game. Yeah, it happens. Uh, speaking of things that happens, uh, Meloner, how's GeoGuessr?
0: It's as fantastic as always. My my wife had a birthday last weekend, so we uh, actually Happy a little birthday, bit, wifey. 10 days. Happy um, so um, we usually play GeoGuessr for uh, all the anniversaries and <laughs> things. Um, but well, why I wanted to mention that the GeoGuessr is that they actually added uh, some new modes. There's now a quiz mode in there, which uh, is like a series of questions. Uh, and you need to like pinpoint uh, where from the world is this food, And for example. And uh, those oh. were extremely fun. The only problem with them is that uh, it's like a set of uh, questions, so you have like twenty questions uh, from for this one topic, and then that's basically done. So you can basically only do them once. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, there is also a community-made versions, so um, you'll just have to find new ones. But uh, there are really, they were really, really fun. Like we were supposed to play GeoGuessr, and we ended up only doing like the normal map maybe a couple times because we just did um, almost all the quizzes uh, that were available currently and just so much fun uh, like guessing flags and guessing foods and guessing all kinds of things uh, and the, a lot of them also had um not just like a where is this from but also like gave you information like this is a food from france and it's made from this and this and or like a location like they gave you like a small like an info bit as well with that which was really really cool i
1: like that
0: yeah i can highly recommend it it's 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 a really neat, nice and neat new addition uh in there. I've done like language guesser previously where we guessed uh, where this language is or the, where this uh, writing is from uh, and it kind of hits the same same spot uh, and it's, it's just really neat.
2: Alright, well I think now is a uh, possibly a, a good time to go to a real quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about the news that we think is interesting that we should talk about this week. I'll just say that it's been a bumpy month for Twitch. <laughs> we'll, 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 be, we'll be right back. Hi there, podcast listeners. Woe Jess here. If you missed me on today's episode, never fear. Stop by on Twitch instead. You can find me at twitch.tv
1: slash underscore Jess Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Please enjoy the rest of this episode, and thank you for listening.
2: And we're back with the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode 36. So I... Watching the news this week has made me uh, kind of really happy I'm not going to TwitchCon this year um be- because there's uh there's been some some back and forth uh in the community but uh long story short uh Twitch is clamping down on gambling um as far as the uh extent of this we we won't know exactly um un- until like this the, the new um regulations go into place but for right now uh they, they will be making a, a policy update on the 18th of october to prohibit the streaming of gambling sites that include roulette or dice games and games that aren't that aren't licensed in the u.s or other jurisdictions which to me is like shocking that they allowed those in the first place um but um they they cite a bunch of very specific uh sites on here which are stake.com rollbit.com and dualbits.com and rubet.com which as far as i know are uh, all a shell or owned by one shell company out of some banana republic that uh, long story short short are very questionable and have been playing, paying a lot of streamers extremely high salaries to just sit there and stream slots for hours and hours and hours on end. Um, do we have anything to like say about this aside from like good riddance?
1: I think it's a good start, but it's not banning gambling on Twitch. Full stop, right? Mm. It's just
0: you still have stuff that is not licensed,
1: on. right? So you can you can still stream gambling, yeah. But it's I think I think it's a good start. Hopefully they're gonna continue to work on that.
0: It's gonna be interesting how they're gonna be like monitoring all all this, uh, especially the, like the whole other jurisdictions, uh, because uh, different countries have very different gambling laws. Like our, our country, for example, has very strict gambling laws, uh, and like huge really can't play any of these online, or shouldn't be playing on any of these online casinos and whatnot. Uh, and there was actually a, in, in my town uh, some Twitch streamers uh, who actually got contacted by the uh, Finnish police because they were doing uh, like a promotion to this gambling content and, and whatnot, and basically cease or the letters uh, from the police, um, Oh, which they surprisingly prompted it <laughs> because it's it's very regulated here. It's basically a, a government monopoly on the gambling so anything else is no no
2: Yeah, huh that's interesting yeah for for me it's 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 been kind of this me there's a lot of things in the past year or so that have really made me kind of just look at twitch and go ew really and this was really one of those things um I, i i do not like gambling. I don't like gambling in my video games. I, I, I don't like casinos. I, I don't really like the things that it does to people and families. And I mm-hmm. think that promoting it blatantly is kind of gross. I think the one thing about this announcement announcement that upsets me is the fact that it's not more it's not heavier. Like I think the only format of gambling if even this that could should be allowed on Twitch in my opinion is poker. Because, like I can understand poker just as like a legitimate spectator sport, but the the fact that people are even permitted to stream slots on Twitch, I think is mm. genuinely disgusting.
0: Well, like the poker and the the sports betting that was listed on that is probably the only ones I would allow. And even for right. those, I would almost just move them somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> off the site.
2: Yeah. Make a Twitch can...
0: twitch.bet site.
2: Go stream that on Live Jasmine <laughs> or something. Go, go could go do it where they, they also have porn that's that that would be great for everybody
0: it's this and like kind of all the other like non, non-gaming non content as well it's like it was great to do like back in the day we could only do games and you couldn't do like a podcast or something a uh, live or just talking to random things and i kind of wish uh, all of that would be now moved to the other side as well and go back only to the gaming
2: yeah, I, I, I don't have so much of an issue with a lot of the, you know, just chatting stuff. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that stuff actually adds to the variety and, like, gives us as creators more flexibility. So I, I don't think that that, like, you know, I, I think that Twitch would lose something, you know, suddenly if we couldn't stream, like, minifigure painting. or Yeah, totally. Um, like, I, I remember, like, back in the day on Twitch, back when I used to watch a lot of League of Legends, kind of around the time I was starting to stream, there was a guy that kind of blew up in the League of Legends directory because he was, paint- he was um, making clay figures and painting them, mm-hmm. like, modeling clay like these extremely detailed like one-of-a-kind sculptures and he actually got banned from twitch for a bit because he was streaming it in the league of legends directory because he was making league of legends characters and then he'd go to the monster hunter directory and he'd make a monster hunter monster oh. and then go back to the league of legends directory and he'd make a league of legends character and like this guy was one of the original like c-not brush i think was his name but um he was that as well it was uh one of the like the instrumental people in the creation of the art category mm-hmm. is because and it's like i i, I do think that like Twitch allowing for a wider variety of content on the platform is a good thing in the long run for creativity, but like, there's certain types of content that I'm genuinely shocked that Twitch still just allows to be streamed. Speaking of Twitch being uh, popular, (laughs) anybody else want to take this next one? Twitch
1: finally stated that some partners have better contracts than others, which was widely known, I'm going to say, but... Wait, they never really said anything about this.
2: is worst-kept secret.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, they also stated that they didn't really have a, a rule set or, like, any, any things that people needed to do to get this contract. So some people got them, some people didn't. Um, we, we're not part of it. Yeah. And so what they're doing now is they're giving... Those creators with the fancy contracts another year and starting then, so next year, that's around this time. Their contracts, if they have one of those where the sub split for tier one subs is 70 30 in favor of the streamer, um, they only get that for the first 100,000 dollars they earn. Oh, whoa. and then only it's... the first mm. shame, <laughs> and shame. Then, I
2: imagine that would be that much. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to p- say p- that. P- is that to, or
0: it's that to... yearly, it's annually. Oh, jeez.
2: Like Isn't that monthly?
0: No, it says annually. 100,000 USD annually.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. Um, And then it's just a normal 50-50 subsplit for tier one, like basically everybody else has. Um, and, and I know it, it, it sounds, oh, wow, $100,000, right? But it's still a big cut to their income. Mm-hmm. So if I had a contract like that, I'd be annoyed, right? Because, you know, I signed that contract, now they're just going to change it. So basically, it's Twitch doesn't make enough money from these big streamers. Yeah, I so saw also comments
0: from uh, some of the people who have this, uh, or have this uh, and uh, they said that the, this was the only reason why they could become uh, like a full-time streamer, because uh, the normal cut would have not been enough uh, to basically live off, uh, and getting this 70% was the, the push that allowed them to actually become a full-time mm-hmm.
2: You know that this this article coming out led to a lot of really interesting discussions between me and my chat because like you know I like I think me and Bell and I are both in this position. We've both been doing this for a really long time, and neither of us have that subsplit. and it's like i i I've seen a lot of like um one person that i would like to note would be uh, excessive profanity Cody Hardgreaves was said on Twitter that um you know maybe it's time for him to like look at coffee or uh, Patreon and other things is like just to diversify because like his entire income is subs. I don't actually think he ever turned on bits in his channel. So I'm pretty sure he just has sub income. Um, and he, he was saying that, yeah, he like, maybe it's time to do that. And for me looking at that, it's interesting because there's a lot of bigger channels on Twitch that have always just kind of existed on just Twitch income. And I always like would look at those channels and be like, huh, how are you doing that? Because I wouldn't be able to do this full-time if it wasn't for tips. I wouldn't be able to do this full-time if it wasn't for Patreon. And I wouldn't be able to do this full-time if it wasn't for like outside of Twitch money. Because like I I I would be barely scraping by right now if it was just Twitch money that I was making. Um, and it's partially because of the 50-50 split. But like I, I understand people's annoyance, but at the same time, as somebody who's never quite been big enough to actually earn that split. All it does from my perspective is having these people at the top end yelling about, oh no, God forbid we have to be like everybody else. You, you see those people shouting because they're losing a large chunk of their income, so understandably. But it just makes life for us worse because it like spreads this, oh no, people don't make any money through Twitch subs. Thing, which is yeah, that's true, but also that is still a large portion of my income, even on that lower split. So yeah, it's that's just, how I buy food monthly. <laughs> yeah, I, huh. it just kind of irks me, I guess, that you know, when when you're if you are in a position where you have that higher subsplit, split, the fact that you've dedicated your entire life to that and not made something like a Patreon and not made something like external revenues, like I think it was Total Biscuit back in the day, who stated. Um, if you don't have at least five revenue sources as a content creator, you're an idiot. Like
0: We've all done that. We've, we've diversified all of our income Absolutely. Uh, through Absolutely, because how, and, uh,
2: how else do you make money in this industry? Yes,
0: you, 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 as a smaller uh, one, of, one of these big ones, you kind of have to go here and there and this and that and kind of get that some together somehow.
2: Yeah, some money from sponsorships, some money from tips, some money from Twitch, some money from YouTube, some some money from... Uh, I don't know a, a voice acting gig, some money from yeah. Patreon, some money from this, some money from this, some, sell some T-shirts. Like, you you really have to diversify, and mm-hmm. um, I I think it's, absolutely it-, it might be a bit of a a money shock for some of these people that had this contract. But I-, I I honestly, if you were dedicating the entirety of your income on just Twitch, Twitch doesn't care about any of us, right? Like we're we we are numbers in a big machine. And it doesn't matter how big you are on the platform; you're still just numbers in a big machine. And diversify your income is what this entire article says to me. But that's my take. I do
0: like uh, that uh, all of these uh, weird uh, back room deals uh, are being removed and it's kind of getting standardized. But I would hope that there is like a like some way to get to that seventy percent subscription. Like a, you have the like path to partnership and have a path to seventy sub- percent. Splitter, uh, like it's and nice that they don't have any weird deals going on anymore. But it would be nice to have some way to improve uh, your standing on Twitch, basically.
2: Yeah, I, I, I very much doubt that will uh, that they'll bring this back. Um, this kind of seems like them just putting a nail no. On that, gosh, that's, that's
0: probably like, going to be next step, uh, removing it fully, even the hundred thousand limiter.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean they, they they closed like they cause they announced a closing of this higher split program. It was roughly a year ago now, I think. Like they they say they stated like we're no longer accepting new people into this higher sub split. I remember it was a while ago. And that was the first wave of people being pissed because they were like, oh no, my God. Um because like roughly the number that always went around was you need and like I remember sending off an email and asking Twitch about it a while ago, and it was you need five hundred subscribers that were not not counting gifts and not counting primes, you need 500 paying subscribers mm-hmm. to renegotiate your contract. That was always the number that went around. Um Which is a lot. It is a lot. Like uh, none of us in this stream team are small, but I know I don't think any of us have ever had 500 paying subscribers. I I've definitely had more than 500 mm-hmm. all in gifts. Yeah. So I I think that I've gotten maybe half that, <laughs> like at a high point. So it's it's tough to get those numbers and people worked really hard to get them and they're losing that now and that sucks but uh, to me it's just it's an opportunity for me to shake my head and say diversify yeah for some people
0: who are on the like edge on that that might mean uh, end of career if they don't find uh, those other uh, revenue sources Um, the one cool thing about this is uh, that I sent the article is that they actually revealed uh, what is the standard uh, splitter for the all the tiers so we now know Because usually, because in our contract we can't say that tier two sub gives me this much money, but now now we can because it actually says in the article. All those persons.
1: Yeah, they have revealed that, which is great. So tier two and tier three subs give the streamer more money.
0: Yeah, sixty and seventy percent.
2: I mean, I I would say that that stuff's been like public knowledge ever since the. It's also also a not
1: so well kept secret, right?
2: Even worse kept secret. (laughs) but it's
0: it's nice to have like an official
1: there's a couple other problematic things though with the article because one of them is that they say streaming is expensive mm-hmm. in the sense of you know they have to pay for the service and stuff and sure obviously that costs money but i'm pretty sure they don't actually pay as much as they said because twitch belongs to amazon so i'm sure they get a better deal on that
0: hundred percent sure on that so
1: and Also, they compare that with a streamer who has 100 CCV and streams 200 hours a month. Streaming 200 hours a month is insane. It's ridiculous.
2: Uh, To defend them a little bit on this, they're just using it because it's a round number. Yeah, it doesn't really put them in a good light, though. True, I mean, like, what what's what's like one what rolls, what right? rolls off the tongue easier? Uh a streamer with eighty-five viewers who streams hundred and forty hours a month, or a stream with a hundred viewers who stream two hundred hours a month. It's just I don't know.
0: two hundred hours is sort of the one I'm really having a problem with uh, because that is a ridiculous amount of hours uh, on a month. Like you and me have streamed uh, I've done a that. lot of hours. <laughs> yeah, but we we like did nothing but stream those months. Yeah, much. it's
2: not healthy. I've done the three hundred hour months. So I know that feeling. Like even a hundred hours is quite a lot of uh, streaming per month. Eh? No, I, I, I think that there's there's a lot of not healthy um, habits on Twitch. But I, I think out of everything in this article, that's like, it, I, I, I saw a lot of people getting like really annoyed by that, and I, I don't know. I read right over it as like, oh, that's just an example number. But like, yeah. I mean,
1: yes, it's an example number, but.
0: Think they should be encouraging people to do It brought
2: that. me the wrong way. It's, it better, yeah.
0: like it's always how you communicate things is important. and This is not the best way to communicate it.
2: What it makes me want to do is uh, set up like a 24-7, um, I don't know, dripping faucet cam or something and just cost Twitch as much money
0: as possible. Yeah, that's what I want Like, If it's this expensive to stream they would be losing a lot of money on like smaller streamers and uh, even a big streamer as uh, on this uh, like how are they actually running the site if it's this expensive
2: i'm i'm really curious to see what happens at twitch gun and if they have things to say and if there's any major changes because
0: instead of going to be a riot protest at twitch gun
2: <laughs> yeah i i was also like think thinking about that like because like seeing because we're we're not really or i don't want to talk about it but there's uh also a lot of drama going on just in the gambling sphere right now between different groups of people that do and do like gambling and do not like gambling on twitch so like i almost wouldn't be surprised if there is literally just like an angry mob outside of twitchcon this year like it, it kind of feels like that um it certainly gives off that vibe to a point where it's like but between this and, um, I I don't know people people just being entitled I guess, um, yeah I I don't know I I guess I, I I'm at a point in this industry where I just I I feel like everything's just kind of out to get me and it I just have to survive so when stuff like this happens I go ah yes business as usual <laughs>
0: yeah I <laughs> mean this like, has been basically the same thing I have last ten years for <laughs> it's like I a shit show
2: you know just like get getting shot shot down every time you try and do something neat yeah new Um,
0: month some new drama thing it's like eh, i'll I'll keep (laughs) streaming and doing my content yep if twitch goes down i'll go somewhere else
2: find me on patreon yes so with all of that talking about twitch uh youtube announced a few things i I think the one that's most notable um uh, essentially partner program changes for uh, and this was posted on the youtube blog um, but, uh, I think one of the most notable things is they, uh, you're, you're now going to be able to get revenue from shorts. So expect to see even more shorts. So if you don't like YouTube shorts, um, deal, get a little cause, cause, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, uh, there's going to be ads, on, like cause, cause the shorts bar, like when, when you go view shorts on your computer or on your phone, on your computer, there will be ads on the sidebar to the right of the shorts and on your phone every couple of shorts you will see an ad and uh shorts that are put into the shorts feed those are shorts that get uh spikes in views uh via the shorts algorithm um will be earning ad revenue now um so when you see somebody get 30 million views on a short you don't get to go haha you made like two dollars off of that um now they'll actually be making money so
0: I should finally start making some uh, miniature shorts now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to get a pipeline going for shorts, and it's kind of funny because every time I upload them, people are like, Blind, I love you. This was a great clip. Very entertaining. I hate shorts. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. They, they really, really suck on, yeah. Like, <laughs> on I desktop. Video. Yeah, well, I, for, for me, it's like, like my YouTube channel is funny because I, I've got, I've got two types of content. i got shorts and lawns. Um, but you know outside of that they talk about a few other things they talk about um, expansions to their their fan funding programs um they they talk about uh licensable youtube tracks um and uh, a music system which basically they're expanding their uh their music library that creators are allowed to use which is good because god damn it you're owned by google fix that <laughs> like twitch you still need could be better about that um but uh that, that stuff's neat um but, uh, the uh, them working on like their fan funding stuff and making their partner program better and their uh shorts b- better and making you know just the platform better as a whole for creators. And also, something that's left out of this that I think is kind of funny is they, they put out a blog at the beginning of this year saying we got a lot of things coming, which is a lot of this stuff that's being announced here. One thing I'm not seeing here, which they mentioned uh in that video back at the beginning of the year, was uh NFT shorts and NFTable comments. Um, so. Yeah, the hopefully that they, they took here. that beyond the zone and showed it to. Uh. Yeah, hopefully they shot that one. Uh, that And it's gone off to the farm to never come back. Um, <laughs> in fun news, uh, video game Donkey did something serious for once. Uh, he now has a publisher? Big Mo? Yeah. Which is I'm the most Donkey excited. name
1: ever. <laughs> like it that. is, isn't it? <laughs> I think this could be really cool. Because he has he has some good points. Like he he some good games, and he I mean he's also a video game critic. Obviously he's funny, right? But I think he can also be serious. And I don't know. I'm just very excited to see where this is going. Also, Leah, has... they're married, right? Wife,
2: partner, wife, partner. I, th- I think I, they got married. I seem anyway. to recall seeing them getting married, but yes.
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: The article says wife.
1: Good. So both of them, like they're both in on this um which makes me trust it a bit more because when i when i found out about it i was like oh that's just another joke right but well, Leah is also behind this so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's sure i think it's gonna be good
0: it's also like uh focusing on indie games uh, and
1: mm-hmm. being a
0: big youtuber uh, and having also contacts probably with other big youtubers just from the fact that that's it, they're gonna be successful indie games <laughs> because they already have like a massive basically marketing and uh, system a uh, building
2: it. i mean the the twitter account for big mode actually just started tweeting eight minutes ago um has been around for like less than 24 like hours at this point i think and they've almost got a hundred thousand followers like mm-hmm.
1: wow yesterday it was forty four thousand when i
2: followed yeah, they're at 96 <laughs> they're at ninety six point three thousand. like I, I think when i followed it I know yeah, like, this is huge yeah
0: um, Everyone is talking basically in the game industry already as well. So
2: yeah, and like they, they tweeted eight Massive. minutes ago. What what's up, big mode nation? Just want to say thank you for all of the talented and passionate peach people that have been reaching out, and it's amazing to hear from you. And and we're pouring through everything and filing and sorting through stuff as we go. Network of contacts is extremely uh, is extremely valuable to us. And if you don't hear from us immediately, you may. Uh, at any point in the, f- uh, you may at any point in the future. So keep them coming. They're talking about games being uh, submitted, but this was tweeted eight minutes ago and that's got a thousand likes already. Like, yeah, no, this is th- they're yeah, going to be. No, that's this, this going to s- be popular.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when they get their
2: first game out and how that's going to do. Yeah, Donkey is trending on Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, no, that's and cool. I like that They also say in yes, this article that up.
0: one aspect that uh, seems to be a real crowd-pleaser is that Mode will not publish any games containing NFTs, blockchain or crypto.
2: He has a, a pretty good announcement video, which we'll link in the description of this podcast, which you can go uh, take a look at. And if... Uh, hey, Donkey, if you want to come onto our podcast and uh, talk about your new publisher, uh just, just want you to know that the, the chair is always open. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have you on. But uh, all i got to say is I think I think it's time to kind of wrap up this podcast. Um, when when was so, in publisher um maybe well, next year a couple more
0: game jams and then
2: <laughs> yeah a couple <laughs> game jams first you know small things first you know um but uh thank you very much everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast um uh kiri can you tell people who you are and where people can find you on the internet
1: yeah i'm i'm a streamer mainly focusing on trashy games indie games I've got simulation sickness i'm advocating for accessibility in games you can find me on 2dkiri.com
2: dot who are you and where can people find you on the internet
0: I'm a weird Finnish troll from the north, uh, and I play some games uh, here and there, mainly on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash a lot of building management strategy games, monkey Islands, Guild Wars, <laughs> probably gonna see a bunch of that. I'm, I'm trying to not <laughs> just do that, so that's probably gonna be more of the weekend uh, and random here and there. But yeah, you can find me there, you can also find me on Twitter, uh, TV and you can find my YouTubes and miniature things and all the things through there.
2: And I'm Blind IRL. You can find me at StupidSkull.com or just at Blind IRL on most platforms. And uh, this has been the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. You can find more episodes of this show on HalcyonFrequency.com. If it doesn't show up in a place where you want your podcasts to show up, let me know and I'll make it show up there. And if you have questions about the podcast, you can ask those on the Halcyon Frequency Community Discord. which can also be found via the website. And if you want to help this podcast out, share it with a friend, post it on social media, or like, just leave us a review on, a, on the platform that you listen to it on if it happens to allow reviews, because those do help. I think we're a five-star podcast, but frankly, rate us whatever you think is uh, relevant for your personal needs and tastes. And... This has been Halcyon Frequency. Until next Sunday, don't change that dial. Signing off.